You got more shit lying around than I got lying around. What? Look at this place. It's loaded with your shit. Just look at the, Just look at this bathroom. Look at all your shit in my bathroom. Who needs five almost empty speed stick deodorants? What are you, a crazy bag man? They're different smells. And Musk, when have you ever worn Musk? I mean, look at this stuff. You got old razors, Rogaine. Wait a minute. You used Rogaine? I didn't know you needed It's preventative. But is your hair falling? I don't want to talk about it! It seems it's not only women who have secret single behavior. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 13, The Good Fight, or what I like to call my favorite episode of the series. I love this This is your favorite episode of the series? It's definitely a top three, and I'm so glad we have an awesome guest, a previous guest who's back on, our friend Grace, who's here to talk about it with us today. Woohoo! Hello! Excited to be here. Welcome, Grace. <laughs> Initial thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm leading with a bold statement that this is one of my top three episodes. What do you think, like, cold read of the episode, Grace? Well, I have to say watching it. I was sold on being on the podcast because we were going through a couple of episodes of this one by you saying it was your favorite. So I felt like that was just going to set us up for a great conversation. But I didn't realize there are so many parts of this episode that I have visceral memories of. From whenever I first watched it, there's, there's like four things that are iconic to Sex in the City for me. Name Get in one there. Of them. <laughs> Oof, the open office blowjob. Oh, I was not expecting you to mention that one. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Rogaine and speed stick deodorants. <laughs> That's iconic. Gilly, what do you think is iconic about this episode? Um, I'm going to say that the the bass guitarist when uh, Samantha and Richard are like slow dancing naked by the pool where it's like, where, 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 um, Sade by your side? Yeah, whatever that song is. Yeah, they play by your side. What is that? Is, oh is that, that a well-known like banger? Yeah. Oh, Billy. Yeah. You're so white. <laughs> Wait, what is it called? Like, you no, know. that's Sade by your side. Oh, Sade. Okay. Yeah. That's actually one of the reasons why I like this episode so much that after watching this show, I fell in love with that song and I had it on a mix CD and I would listen to it on my like Walkman, whatever the whatever the thing is, you put CDs, and I carry my big CD case around with me. And I that song was the most romantic song to my little unromanced heart. Like it made me feel like I was in love. I just love that song. That's why Sarah's trying to cut five or ten years off of her life right now by being like, "What's that thing that those old people used to?" (laughs) That round, like, what what do you want? what would you call it? A, a walk- fucking a walkman. CD player, bitch. A walkman. A CD player a CD would be player. stationary. It would stay yeah. on a counter. You what is with a, a walkman? A, a walk- walkman. I thought walkmans were for tapes. I think a CD player can be mobile. Okay, you know, we'll take it to the gram, and I'm going to look this up later. No, but it's funny that you associate this song with your CD player. I associate like the Shrek soundtrack <laughs> with my CD player. We were in different <laughs> realms. We were in yeah. different realities. My, I think my um, most romantic um, preteen song was "Angel" by Shaggy. They played that a lot on Z100 oh, at one point. God, they played that so much on Z100. Yeah. Yeah, oh that's, a, that's a great one. 
Um, okay. This episode has it all. It has SSB, secret single behavior. It has sex. It has fighting. It has romance. Um, it has a cardboard baby. Like this episode oh my is, God. is like yeah. peak sex in the city. So I'm gonna give us I'm gonna give a summary, and I think we just need to like get into some of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, the girls are dealing with both external and internal conflicts. Carrie and Aiden, recently cohabitating and combining spaces and items, are having conflict over this new shared space. And it comes to an absolute blow and a hilarious fight. Dakota and I were watching this, and I just felt it was so relatable. Um, Mm -hmm. Charlotte and Trey continue to have conflict regarding their family dynamic, which Trey exacerbates when he brings a giant cardboard cutout baby, presenting it to Charlotte, thinking it's going to be as he calls good for a chuckle, um, but it ends up just making her feel awful as it should. Miranda has conflict within herself, debating whether or not it's okay to, quote unquote, have sex with a man who's not the father of her unborn child. Um, She ultimately decides to address this conflict, go for what she wants, and has amazing sex by the end of the episode. Lastly, Samantha is dealing with um, an internal conflict as well. She's fighting feelings for her boss, Richard, which she ultimately succumbs to and realizes that this is more than just a sexual relationship. Um, and they end with this amazing romantic scene in New York City, which gave me unrealistic expectations for <laughs> being in New York City and, you know, being in hotels. Um, so overall, you know, I think the overall theme is just conflict, both outside and inside. Fair? Love it. Yeah. yeah. it. Secret single behavior was also something um, foundational that I took away. Iconic. Should we get into that first? <sighs> Let's yeah. do it. That was at the top of my list as well. So first up, we have, let me ask you this. I'm going to put this on the gram too. Four C- SSBs were shared. Mm-hmm. Carrie stands in her kitchen reading fashion magazines, um, putting jam on saltine crackers, standing up. Miranda mm. watches infomercials while, while putting Vaseline on her hands in those like giant like therapeutic gloves. Um, Charlotte likes to stare at her pores for hours in a magnifying mirror And Samantha says that there's nothing she wouldn't care for a guy to see. She's totally open. Which of those SSBs do you relate to the most and you think that you would do or do? Mm. I think I'd probably relate to the Charlotte, which is like really like wasting time on like just like hygiene or like, yeah, like something specific like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm somewhere between Charlotte and Miranda. Yeah. And then, of course, Samantha was like, I don't have any. And Miranda's like, you know what? I kind of believe that. <laughs> right? And I, I'm i very curious. One, like, if people even have these, like, SSBs, like, if that's something. Because I think people, um, I know probably compared to, like, my mom, I'm probably much more open around Dakota than, like, women in, like, older generations were around mm. husbands. I feel like there was a level of, like, secrecy, mm-hmm. you know, secrecy about, like, being a woman or doing things that would be deemed, mm-hmm. like, unfeminine or maybe off-putting. Mm. So I think I related most to – I feel like I – maybe Charlotte, maybe grooming things, but I, I kind of do that all the time. I maybe feel Samantha. Like- maybe there's nothing I really d- don't do. I don't know. There's stages though too, right? Like yeah. I was in a, a new relationship this summer and we w- were away together and I would go into the other room to floss. <laughs> what? Oh, that's funny. Because <laughs> a new relationship. Yeah. 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 Mine I think is definitely more. 
mine is more neurotic. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's all up it's here. Very, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because I was I I without even this episode happening, like I was thinking about something weird I did the other day. And I just like I've recently moved and it's the first time I'm living alone. And I've, you know, I've been so just obsessed with making sure everything's in order. And I'm just like as a person, like nothing goes out of place, like everything just stays in place. And I love just tinkering and making sure everything's perfect. (laughs) And I literally say out loud as if it's this like third party (laughs) person who doesn't exist. And I literally say out loud, oh, my God, this place is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like, wow, it's really like perfect. (laughs) Like, oh, wow. It's like so organized. Oh, my God. Like you really like have it together. (laughs) Well, I kind of love that. You're you're your own best friend. You're your own roommate. You're speaking no, you're speaking that, it into existence. That's so cute. It's more that I'm feeding this neurosis because I, I was talking to my therapist about it. I said as soon as it's not perfect, I'm gonna break down. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You and I have a, like, a similar form of OCD called just right OCD, in which it's like, it's yes. just not right. And I'm going <laughs> to just continue to fixate on this until it is. So my the like switch goes off. Yeah. And my like SSB would be along the similar lines. And Gilly was visiting me this summer and we had just <laughs> moved into the apartment. And I kid you fucking not. Dakota had to watch me spiral picking out new <laughs> linens, new things. Mm-hmm. I went to the store like multiple returns, multiple things. And then like, I finally got something and I put it on the bed and I just broke down in tears because I was like, it's not (laughs) right. And he's like, it's a fucking throw blanket. Like no one cares. (laughs) And prior to being with Dakota, I would do that in private. Like I would obsessively like get things and and make sure it's right. And now you have somebody watching you do that. And so you're kind of are more um, accountable. But so I, I like that the girls mentioned this, that there is parts of yourself that you keep from somebody and not secret, not like yes. out of secrecy or like malice, but just because you're your own person it's, and you have little things that you do and it's okay to do that. Yeah. Like your little idiosyncrasies. I actually have one that's actually, I actually like would not want someone to know about Ooh. Like male. Well, that's the juice I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, it's not that juicy, but... Oh. I have an unhealthy amount of shoes, specifically sneakers, more, more than clothes, way more than clothes. And it's a problem. I like it's and I remember I've had Dave, my ex, like help me move a bunch and he's both times he's been like, how many shoes do you have? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't. And now <laughs> you're Aiden. Not, yeah. I, I, a- and Carrie. Yeah. And both. yeah. Yeah. And so literally as I'm like in this new space, I'm like, I remember like going to the closet and being like, I can't have anyone figure out how many shoes I have because it, then they'll think I'm high maintenance. Um. So, yeah, you know, that's what, my SSB. Do you and I started to realize, like, I am high maintenance. Yeah. And, I just, I, and I'm just with somebody who, like, is OK with that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I really am. And like and it's not and not in like the way that I would consider like narcissistic or self-indulgent, but just like 
Yeah, I have some like needs that have need like higher maintenance and maintaining. Um, but I know I totally know what you mean. It's kind of like I it's like my vintage jean collection. Like Dakota told me oh, he's like, he's like, don't come back from LA yes. with more of those jeans. And I was like, I <laughs> and he have came to. back with you. <laughs> I did. I was like, I have to. And I and then I go home and I was like, I hate all of them. I'm not wearing them. I just collect them or frames. That's my big thing, is I just no, I do. I wear them all the time. I wear them today. Kelly, okay, but, good, 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 good. Um, no, I, I like he say, found me the other day in Target. He's like, Where are you? And I was like, I'm I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, are you with the frames? I was like, I am. And I'm getting more of them. So it's yeah. Um, but I think this was like such a great episode, particularly for like the relational dynamics between Carrie and Aiden. We've been seeing Carrie and Aiden like really grow into their relationship. They I think it was in the episode we had Melissa on. They had this like cute dynamic in the bathroom when she was wondering if she should tell like she told Steve or not or. You know, they've been very playful. They're growing together as a couple and they just move in together and they have this big fight. Now, for me, Mm -hmm. I would have thought this was like a playful fight, but it clearly Mm -hmm. um, evolved to the point where they didn't talk for three days, which I do think is a little alarming. That felt like, oh, that's a long time to talk to somebody. Um, But what are your guys thoughts on the fight? Fair fight? Realistic? What do we think? This is my stuff. Don't be going through my stuff. You are more than happy to go through my stuff. Oh, your stuff, your bathroom. You always do that. You never want to let me in. I don't always do anything. And I have let you in. You're fighting with me about a stupid fucking outfit. Oh, shut up. It's Roberto Cavalli. I threw it away and I love it. What more do you want? Shut up. Shut up. Yes. Shut up. Shut up. You're telling me to shut up? Please just shut up. I am so sick of hearing you talking, talking, talking all the time. Don't you ever just shut up? I'm going to take a walk. Um, we. So I had my mom watch a couple of parts of this with me to see if I could get any Ooh. good commentary from her. Some One juice. of the things in both this fight and then... Charlotte and Trey's fight is we call it in our house. Don't throw the nukes. Don't throw um, the what? Don't throw the nukes. And okay, I, we call that because some people in my house like to throw the nukes. Um, but it's basically <laughs> like, you know, the things that are going to really hurt someone in the moment that are going to be really sharp tipped and make them mm. feel pain in addition to whatever's going on. Don't use them. Just don't the whole, you know, you just should never use them. Your knowledge of them doesn't mean that you get to try and use them at, at you know, whatever, at a time you you get really upset and angry. And I felt like with Carrie, mm-hmm. it was a dumb fight. I agree with you. Like, it started out kind of playful. And then she goes on about the row game, and she sees that it annoys oh, him. God. And she still goes on about it. I know. I agree. And That's a new- as women who are with men over 30, just don't talk about hair loss. Like every man is going through his own thing. If he has Rogaine, great. Um, I thought that was like such a perfect thing for I, her to touch on about him. Um, I just was like, where has she fucking been? Like, I just thought it was so like mean almost. I don't know. I, 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 it, like, yeah, no shit, dude. Like, you guys are in your 30s. Like, I don't know. That that might have been a carry tracker for me. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. I think the other carry tracker was her not thinking she was going to have to share closet space in the apartment that yeah. this man is paying for and renovating. Yeah, that's yeah. the ultimate carry tracker. 
that she's like, I think you're out of your mind. He's like, I think I'm going to need half this space. And she's just like so flabbergasted that he would he would ask for that. Um, but Grace, back to what you're saying about your family. I remember your your dad and your mom have actually talked about when they were um, first getting together and how they fought and how I don't maybe I can I can share this but yeah, how mm-hmm. you know your parents had kind of different conflict styles and how they deal mm-hmm. with conflict oh. um, and I think talking about conflict in general is really a great thing for us to talk about in this mm. episode because that's what the episode's about and yes. your mom your dad and your mom I think he was expecting her to like be angry and yell and be like we're getting into this and I think she was just like I'm sorry or or something along those lines that's exactly it, was like, it. Like, yeah, I'm his sorry, house like, is mean. So yeah. he was used to you fight. And so you say, say, hey, this, hey, this annoyed me. And someone else was like, you know what? Well, what you did last week annoyed me. So he was ready for that. My mom was like, oh, shoot. I'm sorry. And he was like, wait, uh, uh, I'm not sure how to proceed on this one. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love that story about your parents, you know, cause they're so wonderful. And I think they've been together for so long that you kind of figure out people's fighting styles and how they have conflict. And I think, in relationships, you know, conflict is is inevitable. Like you're going to fight, but like figuring out how to fight fair. And as Grace said, not throw the nukes. So I think I like seeing Carrie and Aiden fight. I think especially when you move in with each other, you're going to have conflict because you're negotiating space, territory. He's moving into her space. Um, but learning how to like fight kind, fight fair. Um but, yeah. Do you? Th- yeah. On that note, though, like, do you think that Carrie fought fair? And no, I-, I think she makes these little pithy little comments that I think she thinks are funny, but I think are hurtful. And I think Aiden yeah. is more sensitive than she gives him credit for. I think she's really hypocritical, which is relatable in, in in a sense. We all are in a lot of ways, especially when we're having conflict. It's hard to point out where we're falling short and where someone else is falling short. Um, no, I, I think I think she was frustrated with the living situation and taking it out on something and trying to exert some sense of control by kind of being a little bit cruel well, I was she being cruel pers- or being funny I don't I don't know I, don't I know think, I, I, I find think, her more cruel than funny yeah a lot I think mm. there was some funniness in the beginning but I do think that like she I don't okay I think there was definitely some playfulness some funniness like but I do think that I didn't love that she raises that she rose her voice like she raises her voice a lot and i don't like that yes i also cannot stand when someone says shut up to me shut up i oh, cannot stand it's unacceptable. I, I i i find it unacceptable yeah, yeah. that's yeah, why I, she I, lost I, me i, I stopped that immediately it's one of those things where everything was going okay until she said that even though like what are you you know the crazy bag man with your speed stick your rogan like all of that was playful it was going towards like mean and you could just watch them escalate like it started off like sweet Mm -hmm. we're doing this and like i've been in a conflict with Mm -hmm. dakota before where i was like whoa whoa we just got to like level six and i don't even know how we got there and i think it was like this steady incline and then when she said shut up shut up shut up that was where like she lost she was in the wrong yeah right immediately yeah Yeah. i don't feel like she she ever sees herself as you know to to 
name some sort of current conflict theory. You're meant to be you and and the person you're with are against the problem versus you against the person, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I think Carrie always sees it as her against someone yeah. else. Oh yeah, yeah. and I, it, yeah, absolutely. And that's like my favorite um, conflict strategy, which it's not you versus me; it's you and me versus the problem. I think it relates to yeah. just so much in relationships. It's very easy to go like, let's get at it. Like we're gonna fight. Like, I got to, like, make sure I'm heard, my needs, my this, my this. And then it's like, wait, what are we actually, like, fighting about? And Mm -hmm. I think Carrie asks that in the question in her column, which I love that she wrote about that in her column, as if Aiden wouldn't read it. She's like, what are we fighting for? (laughs) Like, she's not talking to him, but she's, like, talking through this column. Um, But I do think that was a good question. I, Mm -hmm. I, I wrote that down, which is, like, I don't know. I feel like next time you find yourself like fighting with a partner or, or, or family member, well, maybe partner, like think, what are we fighting for? Like, is it worth fighting? I guess at that point, like, or is it like not like it, you know? Yeah. Is it just fighting at that point? Yeah. And often it's Um, about, I actually think what happened with Aiden is that, He's easygoing and it, it's clear that being easygoing is important, an important part of his personality to him. So he goes yeah. out of his way to sort of be easygoing. He is dating someone who's very difficult. Um, yes. And she, he, he wants himself to be the counter to that, but I don't think it's effortless, right? I don't right. ever think that's really effortless unless I, I don't know if, if it's ever really effortless for anyone, but yeah, he's like, easygoing she's annoyed she comes in annoyed whatever he's still easygoing and then i think he just hit his tipping point in that closet yeah 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 and and he's frustrated too like he's just like moved out of his freaking house he bought this new place they really quickly bought the place next door i'm surprised that that like didn't take more episodes like the state of real estate like i feel like that's like my ancient scroll that the real estate purchasing would be this like easy breezy process um but yeah i i was definitely team aiden in this episode and i love love that she comes back from starbucks seven hours she like walks in expecting him to look up and he like is ignoring her and you can just see how like petty he's being and she kind of throws the keys down and they're like not ready to like get over it. Like if you've ever tried to like solve a conflict with somebody and then they're just like not ready and then you're like, well, now fuck you. I'm not ready either. <laughs> um, I thought that felt. I actually have an ancient scroll that comes in with that scene with her Ooh. at Starbucks. Okay. Oh, what is uh, it? Ba- basically, Carrie's like writing in her little column. Um, she's narrating. It shows her in the Starbucks. I used to think those people who sat alone at Starbucks writing on their laptops were pretentious posers. Now I know. They're people who have recently moved in with someone. As I looked around, I wondered how many of them were mid-fight, like myself. <laughs> now it's like, but there was probably a pandemic. You know, like... <laughs> Like everyone is like displaced from like being lonely. That's inside. true. Like people are just like, I Two need years. to go work somewhere. Like I will work in this Starbucks with this one outlet and this homeless person in the bathroom. Like I just need to get out of my house. Um, yeah, that that's so true. Like why were people working in Starbucks? That's great. Great call out. I, I didn't think about that. I was going to say like, wow, Starbucks busier than ever. Grace, what do you think? I was, I was going to, um, 
side turn here and say the one thing in that little suite of scenes was Aiden's greeting. He doesn't do this in other episodes, but for whatever reason, the way he kept greeting her, Pop-Tart, whatever. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, this Pop-Tart. like the little yeah. bit would annoy the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. backed him here, but that was very annoying. Well, and this leads into another part of this episode. And to kind of close out the Carrie and Aiden, you know, after Carrie witnesses, like, you know, a heavyweight fight between Charlotte and Trey, she's like, all right, I got to go home. She, you know, lies on top of him. He's in bed. She apologizes. And then the next scene, when she gets home, he's like, hey, what you been? What you doing? He's like, you know, all happy and excited to see her. And then she says, you know. He's pretty annoying. Right? Like, I need my space. Pretend I'm here, not here for one hour. And I think when you live with someone, it is very okay to want your own space. And you you need your own space. Mm -hmm. And I like that she asked for it. And she said that she needed it. And he respected it. Um. Because there's something really comforting of going home and having the person you love there. But there's also something Mm. very nice about having a place to yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I Mm -hmm. like that they ended the episode with this. Her stating her needs and boundaries, but then her saying, you know, sometimes when you get the needs, I actually, after her just expressing her boundaries, she was like, okay, Mm. breaking it. And, and go, going to cuddle with him. Although I, I, I don't know. I called that a carry tracker. Am I, as a guest, allowed to call a carry tracker? Absolutely. I can, let me offer it. Let me offer it and see if you guys. I thought boundary setting, listen, boundary setting is very hard. I thought she was really condescending in the way she did it. Like, I'm yeah, not here. I'm, I'm not here. One hour. I'm not here. Okay. Thank you. Like, it was very condescending. The and thank you was condescending. Yeah. In two minutes. And I think. If you're setting oh a boundary, God, it's such a it's like a toddler, yeah. And you want <laughs> someone to respect it, even if you then want to talk to them, you need to not talk to them for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unfair to him because then to him, well, that boundary it's, means nothing. It's not a boundary. Yeah, yeah. It's just her being controlling. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a very fair carry tracker. I did think it was kind of cute, though. I don't know. She's like, hey, what what you doing? He's like, hmm. And he does a little face. Like, it was kind of sweet. I don't know. It, it tugged in my It is I mean, it's definitely it a few. They were flirting, yes. It is cute, but it's. I, I would say it's. it was cute to witness and very poor relational communication skills. Fair. I like I, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So the other conflict in this episode is between <laughs> Trey and Charlotte. Trey. Oh, oh schooner. He has just lost oh, his mind. Babes. Yeah. I mean, so, I think it's without a doubt unfunny what he did and, and cruel. Well, I suppose she told you about the baby. No, I didn't. Never want to think about it again. Well, See, I was trying to make Charlotte laugh, and... It's not funny. Well, wait a minute now. Maybe they'll think it's funny. Uh, See, we were so tense about not being able to have one that I gave Charlotte a cardboard baby. Isn't that funny? My question for you, Sarah, on this one is, um, might Trey be on the spectrum? I think he's just... Mm. 
I just think he missed the mark. Oh, God. I feel like it's a cop-out to say he's in the spectrum. Or he's just a guy. Really? <laughs> I, I just think he lacks he lacks sort of that, like, doy. really socialized social nuance. Oh, I think that's just because he's really wealthy. I think mm-hmm. it's – I think there are people who were raised in a certain, like, belief of their status in the world in which they don't have to regard other people and I think like you if you've been around like super wealthy people like and, and not all wealthy like I'm talking like wealthy people like he I mean, maybe he's not super wealthy but waspy enough that he believes he's like part of a different you know status in in society I think he doesn't have to like regard people as much or what they think or feel I think that, that's, that's a how I think stretch that. I don't know really I, I feel yeah, I don't think really it has going. to do with that. Yeah, I think it has to do with him kind of just being like a guy and and not really real. Like, I think that like, I don't know if men fully understand the like impact and like stress of like being like a woman is, especially as when it comes to like feeling pressures about like making a family or producing a baby like in the episode before his own mother was like saying that like a, essentially a true a true McDougal is a boy and Caucasian and so I feel like I don't know I just I felt like he just like didn't even understand like how much pressure Charlotte is under yeah, I think there's then gender the, point of view, I guess. I think there's gender and I think there's like status and I think then there's just like personality all coming together. Yeah. Um and because he's like, "Oh dear, I have I missed the mark," you know. <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, I think, buddy." Um but then and, he tries to double down with her friends and that uh, was stupid too. Yeah, it was that yeah, that was funny though. <laughs> the the it's most I funny actually, to watch. I have in my notes, I like bouncing off what we were talking about last week about the like the actresses like in this show, their like facial reactions, their facial reactions were making me laugh out loud. (laughs) They didn't say anything. And it was so funny. I think have you guys witnessed anyone doing this? Fighting to this extreme? Mm. Yeah. In a group. Oh, in oh, in front of other people. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know couples that like bicker like Dakota and I have definitely bickered. It's only in front of like maybe one or two friends in which it would do it, but never like this. Not to the point where they're yelling. Um, I think I've been there, but it was behind closed doors in an Airbnb that a bunch of people were staying. Group trip. (laughs) Group trip. trip. I mean, group trip tensions are losing my fucking mind on the other (laughs) side. (laughs) You're like, I, I have walk out and everyone heard. <laughs> How would you feel if I gave you a cardboard cutout of a big flaccid penis? It's not so funny now, is it? <gasps> Don't you bring that flat baby in here. I will kill you. How dare you talk to me like that in front of your friends? Oh, they know all about your penis problems and they're just sick of hearing about it. There we were, right in the middle of a wasp nest. This is unforgivable. No, what's unforgivable is you denying me my baby because of your own selfish spoiled needs yeah i don't think you know the thing is is that like i don't yell 
So like we're, I was thinking about this earlier, like I never say like something mean during a fight and I don't yell. And so I really related to when Charlotte was like, we're, we're wasps, like we don't yell, it's genetic. So I think there's a part of me that like, I rarely get to the point in which people would like hear me like verbally get upset. I mean, I'll give you the silent treatment. So that's probably really noticeable. And that's a whole other like style of fighting, which I think is just as like maladaptive, but um, so have I ever yelled and got into a fight? No. Have I, have I ever been like super quiet and kind of bitchy? Absolutely. <laughs> so maybe people can relate to that more than just like yelling. Um, I thought it was so funny in this scene when she's like yelling at Trey and she's like, how would you feel about me bringing you a giant cardboard cut out of the flaccid yeah. penis? So good. <laughs> it was so good. And that, that's what just like tips him over the edge. How I was going to say, do you think that is the, the equivalent? For a man. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think sensitivity wise. Yeah. Like, what do you think the yeah. equivalent of a cardboard baby is? To, I think it's a, a guy. flaccid, infertile penis. Like a No, no, I think it's a <laughs> it's a probably a hard penis. No, a hard penis For, is a compliment. If she's if she's giving he gave her something that they are not able to make happen. If she gives him something he's not able to make happen. I think the, the cardboard. Oh, I see where you're going with that. I, uh, oh, this is tough. Right? I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I was going to say it's the thing. The cardboard thing is the represents the thing that they can't have. And she can't get a fully erect penis out of him <laughs> or in the past, at least. I don't know. It could go either way. I think if she gave him a photo of a cardboard cutout of an erect penis, I think he would think like, yeah, that 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 rings true. But a flaccid penis would like tug at an insecurity. Um, I think either <laughs> either would be funny, and I'd be interested to see how it would turn out. I would love to to see that. And just question. Okay, okay. So speaking of like um, single, whatever behavior SSB. What is the what is the cardboard version of something that would make you mad? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> someone, a roommate oh my God. or a partner brought home. I'm going to have to think about this. That's a really good question. <laughs> uh, now, the thing about the cardboard baby <laughs> is it's not direct. It's indirectly cruel because the intent is for it to be funny. So it would have to be something which somebody thinks is funny but it's cruel. Maybe a picture of somebody with like like really thinning hair, and be like, it'd be like you know Gollum with his like couple of pieces of hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, I have a good example. Something it's like not, that it's not cardboard. Yeah, but one time I was, I, I don't really drink that much now, but I I was in a like partying phase, and I had been out, and I was telling a friend about it the next day, and I had talked to someone I didn't really want to talk to who was like, a, whatever, a random person. And I had given them more info about myself than I wished I had. You know what I mean? Like, Volunteer you know, when you to drunk tell someone sort of personal shit about what you're going oh, through and then you come home, you're like, loose oh, oh, it's on. so yeah. the worst. Totally. So I was telling a friend about this the next day. And I was like, you know, sometimes I wish I could just like keep my mouth shut, you know? And it was my birthday two weeks later. And she gave me a card. And the quote was something to the effect of like, Sometimes I wish I could just keep my mouth shut. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She yeah. meant it to be funny Crayful. and connective as a joke about like the conversation we had. Yeah. But it was so 
that was a painful that was to me something that was like painful and so the card pissed me off (laughs) yeah 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 I'm feeling like trying not a cardboard version of something that would piss me off just all your shit in different places in your apartment (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like something like that something like that oh man or probably something related to my IBS which is like someone who like (laughs) who like like it probably just like a a giant cardboard like thing of brie or like ice cream (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's a great question I didn't think about that one um can I ask may I ask a question on this absolutely please do okay so as both women who date men I w- I'm wondering where the line is. So Charlotte, they're mm. fighting, and he, she said, "Why, well, you know, cardboard cut out of your flaccid penis?" And he goes, "How dare you talk to me in front of your friends like that?" She goes, "They know about your penis problems." Okay, mm, is the question. line that all of Charlotte's girlfriends know about Trey's quote-unquote penis problems, or is the line that she's now telling him that they know? Like, is it cool that they know? And he just doesn't know. He should not. She should not have told should, him that they know. Should they just not know at all? The line is definitely her telling Trey that they know. Because I personally, I would not equate this with quote unquote locker room talk. I would equate this as like healthy conversation amongst women. I think that maybe that might not be fair. Maybe if we flipped it, a man talking about like to his friends about his wife. But I think if you're talking about some, yeah, I think, I think if it's, if it's not talking about things in a sort of disparaging or degrading way, but if it's more of a um, medical, like erectile dysfunction, like what do I do kind of way, I think, which is definitely the conversation that they've had, the struggle that they've had. I think it's healthy to talk about. Yeah. And and I think this ties into a conversation we're having a couple episodes ago about secrets. Like when you tell a friend a secret, is it fair game that their significant other knows? And, And I think a lot of the times, yes, it is, unless you've explicitly stated like, no, this needs to stay between us. Um, so I think, I mean, girls talk, like we talk, like we know what's going on. Like, we like talking about sex, and <laughs> I think, but I think maybe some things are off limit if it's been explicitly stated, but so I think the line that she crossed was telling Trey, because then he's aware of it, and he's embarrassed now, whereas, you know, well, I guess he, yeah, I, I think it's it's yeah. like, what you don't know doesn't harm you, so I think it's crueler, it was crueler to tell him that they knew, and it was done to be cruel, to kind of get him back. That was the line. So good question. Yeah. Um, Speaking of secrets and keeping things from men, I'm very curious what you guys think about Miranda and Walker. First off, Walker is a hottie. He speaks five languages. He's an interpreter for the State Department traveling over the world. Like, Walker, you're you're a dream guy. She Miranda meets up with this guy. They go on a blind date. It's super. It goes swimmingly. And he leans in to kiss her and he puts his hand on her stomach and she kind of flinches because she's pregnant. And she has this kind of inner conflict as to whether she needs to, A, tell him 
And if it's like okay to sleep with somebody if she's pregnant with another guy's baby. So Instagram question, but question for you guys now. Should Miranda have told the guy that she was sleeping with that she was pregnant? I obviously had the same question. I could Mm -hmm. not figure out what to do. I think that in kind of the obvious kind of PC way, it would be like, her body, her choice. Da, 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 da. But I do think it is kind of <laughs> odd. I mean, if when they broke it down, it was kind of funny. She was like, oh, like me and the dad aren't in a relationship. <laughs> and Carrie's like, is that the selling point or the like? Um, I've never think- heard to use that as like a positive or something. <laughs> yeah. So I do think it's tricky. I personally don't. I, I don't know. I personally I don't know. I think it would, if I was pregnant with some guy or guy I used to date and then I was dating somebody else and like wanted to have sex, like, yeah, I wouldn't be worried about the dick poking the baby's <laughs> head. But it it, 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 it it would definitely be a, a, a brain twister for me. What do you think, Grace? I would I was actually putting trying to hypothesize myself on on the man side of the scenario. What I want to know. Oh, interesting. Oh. I asked Dakota while we were watching what it. And he yeah. had a good point. So he was like, ooh, that's tough. But wait, what did Dakota say? He said, what What was Miranda's intent? If it was her, mm. her intent to date him, then yes, she would have to tell him. Yes. But if it was just for sex, then no, she did not need to. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm, I agree. I think yeah. my hesitation but what if it's like, but- in hearing mm. it would be this is like a lot to get into you know you're you're Mm -hmm. interacting with someone at a very vulnerable point in their life consequence free sex i don't know but okay so let's think let's think of another situation there are like many times in life which has happened with me like where you thought something was just going to be like a physical random thing and it ended up being something more long term it would be weird if they found out after the fact, right? What do you mean that they like Miranda has sex with him and then she ends up telling that 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 and she's pregnant and he's like, is five, it mine? She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> five months later, they realize they're like into each other and like start dating. And she has to be like, yeah, I'm giving birth in like two months. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would definitely be so super weird. I'm trying to think of what plot of a movie that's from. There's some movie in which knocked that's up. Like very much the plot. In which no, because he does that. Is it knocked up? That's the one night stand. It's another one. I can't think of it. But um, I thought it was really funny in this scene how Carrie's like, you know, Miranda's like, well, he's good in bed like so many men are. If he's huge like so many men are. And so I thought that Carrie was being like super playful. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think Miranda did a great job in this episode like she addressed the conflict internally and she was so bold of how she asked him out. And like, Gilly, we've been talking about this. Like, how do you tell a guy you're interested and in you want to have sex? Because it's not easy. It is not easy. So... Like, it's easy to be like, hey, like, want to hang out, want to do this. But like, if you are just interested in sex as a woman, it is very difficult it's, to communicate that. It's not as easy. I feel like all guys are like, oh, it's so easy. <laughs> but the thing is... <laughs> That's, is this something you're trying I've to strategize? Heard that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think just in general, it's like it's just like difficult. And but I, I think that guys think, oh, it's just so easier. Like once a woman makes the first move, like it's, you know, nail in the coffin, let's go. But I do think it can be like a little bit. Actually, when it co- like happens, like off putting for some men. For um, yeah, like for for men to have a woman be very direct, pretty much yeah. like, do you want to come over and have sex? Like women, it's almost you're taught like, oh, you need to be very direct. But then when you are, it's like, hey, you know, like, what are you, what are you talking about? So I, I'm I'm curious, Grace, from your perspective, dating women, do you think it's different with like how women approach women with like just wanting a thing, or do you think most women are going into something where they're like, I want something emotional with this no just a relationship. Um, that's a stereotype, I, stereotype. <laughs> I mean stereotypes yeah. have you know some truth in them a lot right um i'm just trying to think if i if i have any specific examples i can toss you no i mean it's a lot of i'd say women similar to men it's a lot of reading between the lines like do you want to come over after this party? Like, okay. Uh, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. My thought on yeah. this scene was actually, I was one of the audience members who, who watched and listened to and just like that. And I think a lot of people's reaction was how horrific it was to watch Miranda have sex with Che. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Honestly, Miranda has been making <laughs> horrifying sex noises since the beginning. <laughs> Fair point and great and just like that call out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't even sound enjoyable. That is, yeah, the Miranda sex at the end of this, she's like, well, she's like, fuck me like there's no tomorrow. Like, whoa, Miranda, please let me take a breath first. Um, Yeah, no, and like she's like basically doing the move she did in LA, like the cowgirl, like she is cowgirling on top of that rodeo, riding him. Um, I mean, like, I'm just imagining her in that scene, ripping her top off with her like red bra showing like she did in LA. Um, yeah, that's so funny because you're you're right. Like, but do you think in a just like that people were kind of put off because it was her with mm-hmm. Che, because it was her in the kitchen while Carrie was sleeping? Was it the sounds? Like, I think or it was just the, everything. The, the just very intense groans, <laughs> <laughs> bellows. I think it was a really nice, perfect storm of pretty terrible things all at once like the kitchen carries urine chase personality miranda's noises <laughs> <laughs> i know personality but so grace and i i, I know you've been mm-hmm. following the pod and as we've after watched after we've you know seen and just like that we are really reframing our mm-hmm. thoughts yeah. on miranda and her relationship with steve so what do you think? Do you think now the and just like that like plot arc oh, I'm on the same makes page sense? As you guys. I thought yeah. I was so eye rolly um what in watching and just like that. I'm like, oh, of course. 2022, Miranda's gonna leave her husband and have a lesbian relationship. Great. Or whatever. A queer relationship. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but you watch this now 
And you're kind of like, maybe they should have never gotten married. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really seem, it seems sort of inertia-based. And granted, <clears throat> I think we all have yes. friends that are to get with people because of inertia. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really seem, mm-hmm. for those of, you know, those of us who make our own living, which is everyone, like, that doesn't really seem that interesting mm-hmm. anymore. To just be with someone for the sake of being with someone. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, yeah, the, the more you watch Miranda and Steve now, you start seeing the cracks in the foundation of their relationship and as to why, why 20 years later they were what they were because it was never fully right. And I think having a baby with someone really complicates things. And as we see, and as the, you know, I was looking at, like I was scrolling through HBO after this, there's only 33 episodes left in this series. Only 33 episodes left, which like is a lot. And we end up like, she's going to have, I mean, like not to like skip forward, but like we kind of know as like fans of the show and and just like that, whatever, like where this is going. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's interesting to rewatch this again. I feel like um, really deep diving into the show you just, I don't know. You see. The so I got really. Light. Is there any other? This? I got really into what? relational psychology this summer, and um, the number oh, one. Yeah. Tell us. Uh, the number one factor in a relationship that shows that it will not be successful is contempt. Number one, the number one thing, mm-hmm. and you uh, you can mostly see that in sort of an eye roll or when someone talks, like someone mimics them or you know or dismisses them. Um, and Miranda does that to Steve endlessly, constantly. Well, and I guess we could say Carrie does it to Aiden a little bit too. Yep. Carrie doesn't do like Miranda. But that might Miranda be does the though. like. Ugh, ugh, Steve, what are you even thinking? Like, like Carrie does the more like, oh, come on, this is so frustrating for me. Yeah, that's true. Well done. Easy improv <laughs> acting. That really, that's so true. Um, yeah, I th- and I, I read that too, that contempt is like the number one relationship killer. It's like, if you find that that's in your relationships, either address it early and be like, whoa, this is creeping in um, or reevaluate the relationship. Um, speaking of interesting relationships, Samantha and Richard. Samantha finally threw in the towel. All this time, she'd been trying to make him just a perfect dick, fighting her feelings that he might be the perfect Richard. I think we should touch upon them. I thought this like plot development is really great, even though Richard's like a major sleazebag. <laughs> like seeing Samantha dancing with him on the rooftop to Sade in their robes after dang, allegedly dang, being in the dang. pool for like seven hours. Like how long were they in that pool for them to meet Dawn? Like, <laughs> like it seemed like a long ass pool session. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm happy with this for Samantha. I know it's going to end poorly, but I like, I like this for her. I like that cute moment when maybe they're eating Thai food or talking about Thai food. And Samantha's like, Richard's opening a hotel in Thailand. And then she's like (laughs) embarrassed that she's like kind of gushing. And Carrie's like, it's okay to like a guy. Like, I love that they captured that kind of that, like that kind of like unspoken moment that like 
women can have with their girlfriends or whatever. Yeah. And I also thought it was so sweet that Samantha's showing interest in a man and then in like this romantic kind of girly teenage way. But all of her defenses are up and they're all sexual. And that's kind of how she thinks that she can be wanted by a man and please a man. And you watch it when he's being romantic and they're dancing. And then she automatically goes to like grab his dick and he takes her hand up to move it. Because I think she thinks that she like owes that to a man and that's what she is to them. And so I think that she really knows that she deserves good things. But I don't think she thinks she deserves love and devotion and adoration Mm -hmm. in that respect without sex. Well, there's a loss of control. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's complicated for her um, to feel like feelings. Um, Okay. So do we have any Samantha-isms, Miranda-isms? Well, the Samantha-ism, I would say, listen, maybe I'm a prude. I can't think of anything less exciting then her the entire office in full view and it wasn't like there was a partial view you could <laughs> so clearly see what she was doing it seemed so degrading to me oh my god i but, agree but she would yeah. it have been different if he was going down on her mm-hmm. less degree i don't know i don't know i don't know nice. i the whole thing i found felt very stressed yeah, and, and you're watching her degrade herself in the episode because of what I just said, thinking, like, that's what she's there for. Me too. Like, she's there for a good time. She's there to do something, like, memorable in a sexual way. And, um, yeah, it was super uncomfortable, but it's a way for her to exert control, like you said. Um, I, yeah, that was that was a tough scene, tough scene to watch. I don't think we would see that on TV now, like a woman giving head to a guy like that. Mm. I think we might see the roles reversed. I think on an on a on a guy like entourage type of show we would now, but I think <laughs> with like you know, just like there's so many more depictions of like women actually receiving like real pleasure, like more accurate pleasure <laughs> in TV. I think that for a show like Sex in the City that's supposed to be up about women and their pleasure, I think I don't think we would see it. Fashion. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Okay, so there's a ton of great fashion in this episode. First call out, Carrie is luminous in this episode. Her eyes Mm -hmm. are the bluest I've ever seen them. Whoever did the tans (laughs) on the episode did a great job. Hair looks great. Eyes look great. Her body's phenomenal. Um, Just her Carrie's overall look this episode, I'm, I'm liking My jaw dropped at someone's outfit this episode in a good way. Can you guess? Was it? It's Samantha. She's wearing this emerald green like halter top with a plunging neck. Yeah, with her tits out to the work meeting on a Sunday. Oh. I thought she looked amazing. She looks stunning (laughs) in this whole episode. She, I thought she looked great. I thought they all looked great this episode. You can tell like this season they're in. This is maybe May, June. So we're getting that like great skin, the great like hair, some frizz, but well done. Like this is also like good New York time to dress where you're like, I can. It's also good Miranda, like Miranda season because. um, Yeah. I really liked her little denim number with the gold hoops and her bag that said stop using plastic. (laughs) I, that was my call like out. I love that she was like that 
that really rings true for Cynthia Nixon and Miranda Hobbs. Um, I thought that was great. Um, I loved Carrie's last outfit, the little tank in the black skirt with her hair up. I thought she looked cute. Um, this season, she really rocks the like shirt with the bra showing. Mm. And that's something I can't pull off, but I definitely tried in college a lot. And, you know, it's still a look, I think, you know, I think we all did. And it's still something I want to try. I'm not too old. Um, Okay. So I love this episode. Are we ready to rate it? Or are there any final thoughts that we may have missed? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. I think we're ready to rate it. I would love to let our guest do the rating. What do you think, Grace? How many Manolo Blahniks? Um, I think, okay. In terms of everything that came away with me from whenever the first time I watched this was the secret single behavior, the Samantha scene, um, I, I'm going to go five. I'm going to go five Manolo Blahniks. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going five, too. Okay. I'm going 4.5, but let's give it a five. Let's hear it for a five. This is Sarah's favorite Let's episode. hear it for the fives. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's, and I, and I, and I think I pushed this because I told you guys how much I like it. I really do. Um, this is a super nostalgic episode for me. I, yeah, it, I think that ending song, that ending scene with her walking, each, each character had a great plot point, like a strong plot point. Um, and yeah, I think it's an overall great episode. Yeah, well, thank you guys for 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 listening. Grace, thank you so much for coming on. We love you so much. And yeah, that that's it for this week. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week, our little poolside Samantha. Pop tarts. Our little pop tarts. Our little pop tarts. <laughs> <laughs>